All right, so, you know, you guys ready for the Word of God? You know, remember last week, I talked to you about the four areas of faith. The first one is to have faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So we don't come to God as just merely a power or, or, or just a means to get to an end, but God, we must come to Him and believe that He is. He exists. He's not a myth. He's not an idea. He's not a religious good thing. He is. He is real. Amen? And secondly, faith in His Word. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says that that's how it is with my words they don't return to me without doing everything I send them to do. Whatever that God's word goes forth, it will not return to him void, but it will establish and accomplish everything that it has been sent forth to do it and it will prosper everything, that it, the purpose that it has for that word to go forth in your life. Amen? So faith in his word. And then faith in his sovereignty. Because we know that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts. How many of you are glad that God's ways and His thoughts are higher than ours? Amen? He knows the end from the beginning. Amen? We are so thankful that God knows everything. We may not understand it, but we thank God God knows. Amen? And then, lastly, faith in His will and purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Everybody say future. future. Everybody say hope. hope. You have a future, you have a hope in God. Amen. Because of His purpose over your life. Amen. So today, I want to talk to you about being anchored. The four areas of faith we have talked about last week, Today, we want to talk about being anchored. Everybody say being anchored. It is also going to be a four-point sermon. So some people, you know, say, Pastor, you always preach three points. So now I've changed to four points. <laughs> if you say, you know, Pastor, you always preach four points, I will change to five points. All right. <laughs> okay, let's turn to Acts chapter 27. All right. Acts chapter 27, we are not going to read the whole entire thing, but I just want to give you a, a, a little background of this you know, account in Acts chapter 27 concerning Paul's voyage to, jo uh, to Rome. All right? Paul was on the way to Rome after he had appeared in Festus' court, and now he was being sent to appear before Caesar in Rome. Yep, you can read about that in Acts chapter 25. And you know, Paul appealed to, to stand before Caesar and Festus, the provincial uh, head, says, okay, you know, you shall, because you appeal to, to, to Caesar, Caesar, you shall stand before. So then he went on a ship. <laughs> he was being placed on a ship to be taken to Rome. And if you read the entire chapter, you will find that it was not smooth sailing in this voyage. After days of sailing, they reached a place called Fair Havens. And then they were put on an Alexandrian ship. It was a Roman cargo ship. And this cargo ship, mind you, it was a big ship with 276 people on board. So it was not a small boat, it was not a sampan. 
It was a cargo ship with 276 people on board plus cargo. All right, if you were to think about it, in today's time, it's almost, okay, of course, it's not as big as a super tanker, all right, in, in our daytime, but in those times, it will be considered as a super tanker. And this ship, the Alexandrian ship, is built in such a way that it will bring whatever cargo from different parts of the world, all right, to Rome. So it is a Rome-sanctioned cargo ship. So it is built with the best of materials. It is supposed to be able to stand whatever weather or storms that will come against it. Okay, so it was a big ship. Everybody see a big ship. And there, was a, there were a lot of people, all right? But the thing is this, what seemed to be a form of security and stability can be misleading. Paul told them at this place, at, fa- at fair heavens, and told them not to sail from there, but the people didn't listen. Say, no, we're going to sail, we're going to make the journey. And soon they encountered a strong wind called the Northeaster. That resulted being in a storm for 14 days. They were buffeted in the sea. It was horrible. If you read the, the whole account, they had to throw cargo you know, uh, you know, uh, throw cargo out of the true cargo out of the ship to lighten the ship. They did, did, did whatever they could. By the end, you will realize that the ship didn't fare really well. But here, so tells us that sometimes in life we often find ourselves in difficulty, if not even danger, because of the wrong choices of others. Paul had already warned them but yet they still chose to go the way that they wanted to. And to make matters worse, after the stern of the ship was broken, they found themselves on the island of Malta. They were stranded there for three months. Their lives were put on hold because of one storm. Read that in Acts chapter 28. You guys follow through with me? So remember this, Paul, after he appeared before Festus, he was supposed to go to Rome. Yeah? But along the way, something, a storm took place, and instead of just getting to Rome, it took him more than three months to get to Rome. In fact, they were stranded in this place, Malta, for three months. But you see, what it seems to be a wrench in the plans or in the works This account tells us that God can turn something bad into something good. On the island of Malta, many were healed and many were ministered to. And God is able to turn things around even when we don't understand why things turn out the way they are. Sometimes we always would probably be thinking that, oh, you know, it's getting to Rome. But along the way, there's something that would, you know, that causes us to, you know, a wrench fell into the plan. But you know what, friends? We can always put our trust in God because God can turn something for His glory. Amen. Something good in your life. Even though we might be thinking it's Rome, but along the way, we can still be a blessing. 
Amen? No matter what storm that we face. The thing is this, we need to ask ourselves a question, whether we really believe that God is God or we just know that God is God. That's a big difference of knowing and, be- and believing. Yeah. Knowledge alone without believing has no power. Yeah. Even Jesus taught the people in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, therefore who, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You will only build, you will only practice if you believe. Friends, therefore, it's crucial for us not to end up just having knowledge but we have to believe because there's a big difference between you knowing John 3.16 and believing John 3.16. If you know John 3.16, you will have a knowledge that Jesus is a savior, but believing in it will have, will bring you to eternal life. Believing in it will not cause you to turn away from him. Having a knowledge of it, yeah, you know, maybe you just, you know, on and off. (laughs) You believe Jesus only on Easter, Christmas, or maybe someone's funeral. I don't know. You get what I mean? So there's a big difference. And this morning, the question is this. Do you believe in God? You were only put into practice because you believe. And let me tell you, in life, storms will come. No matter how strong a ship that you think you may be, storms will hit you. But the good news is this. God doesn't want us to go through storms. He wants us to grow through storms. Amen? Storms will come. So don't ever think that Jesus is going to shield us from storms. The disciples twice, they were in a storm. And Jesus was there with them. Amen? To see them through. To see them grow. So in Acts chapter 27, I want to talk to you about this storm. In verse 29, it says this, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors. Everybody say four anchors. From the stern and prayed for daylight. May I suggest to you that, you know, concerning these four anchors in the storms of our lives. Okay, you guys ready? What are these four anchors that we need as as anchors in the storms of our life? Number one is purpose. Everybody say purpose. In verse 24, it says this, do not be afraid, Paul. This was the angel that appeared before Paul and said this to Paul, don't be afraid. Being afraid is okay, but don't dwell on it or don't dwell in it, okay? And this is what the angel of God said to Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So the angel told Paul that you must stand trial before Caesar because that is the purpose for Paul's life. So in the storms of life, friends, I tell you what, what will keep our ship anchored and being stable is to know God's purpose, His divine purpose over our lives. It is the godly assignment that God has given to you. 
But the problem is, is many of us, we are not concerned about it. Instead of the purpose of God navigating through our lives, we let life navigate, through our, navigate our purpose in life. That's the big difference. When you know that it's God's purpose that helped you to navigate through your life, rather than you allow your life to navigate your purpose. So we let our lives, our desires, you know, our, our wish or our dreams to be that driving force thinking that that's that purpose. Friends, I always believe this. If you are fulfilling God's purpose, you will not be left at the mercy of any storm in your life. You will, God will see you through it. If it is purpose, you must stand trial before Caesar. No sickness is going to stop you. No shipwreck is going to stop you. No storm is going to stop you. Can you hear an amen for that? Amen. amen? You will not be left at the mercy of any storms in your life. No health issue is going to stop you. Friends, say this with me. I will not be done until I am done. Acts chapter 13 verse 36 says, For David, after he had served his own generation by you know, by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers. David has served his purpose. And then he died. Friends, say this again. I will not be done until I am done. The key is knowing God's purpose. We need to be reminded of it. And we need to do it. In fact, Paul encouraged Timothy and told him, do not neglect the gift that's in you. The purpose that God has given your life. Don't neglect it. Don't forget it. Don't be distracted, but be ever more determined to fulfill your God-given purpose. Friends, the problem is that our entire life is about what we want our purpose to be instead of what God wants for our lives. Parents, can I talk to you this morning? Because I'm a parent too. We need to pray and encourage our children to seek God's purpose for their lives. Invest into their purpose. Believe in God's purpose for their lives. If we are not careful, we often shape our thinking or we often shape their thinking by using the world as a yardstick to measure what is good. We tell them what to study. Or, you know, if you study certain causes, this will give you a brighter future. Or what job to take? You know, hey, go to, you know, UK, highest paid pound. We tell them money is important. Which person to marry? Or, you know, you're getting older, you still don't have a boyfriend, just marry anyone. And it's very dangerous to say that today. So parents, make sure you say marry the opposite sex, all right? But the problem is this. We do, we fare badly in helping them to discover their purpose for their lives. Parents, how many of us actually sit down with our children and talk to them? What do you think of God's purpose for your life is? I'm saying this as a reminder for all of us. Even for me as, as a parent as well, I must remember. More importantly, it's for my children. Or right now, my son. To catch hold of God's purpose for his life. Not just what the world tells you what is good, 
The ship might look good and big, but when storms come, it may not survive. How many of you know of those children who are not walking with God anymore? I have many of my friends who are not walking with the Lord anymore because the measure of the world tells them certain things are good and they followed after them. And they are no longer walking with God. Parents, listen to me. If your children is still loving the Lord and walking in faith, that is a greater future than what the world has to offer. So help them. It's our responsibility to help our children to discover their purpose. Not just telling them, oh, you know, that job pays you better, just go. Oh, this course is better for you, just study. Don't do that, friends. But pray for God's purpose for their lives. Amen? And as CG leaders, as you know, ministry leaders, I want to encourage you. Put God's purpose above everything in our lives. Amen. And if you are discipling someone, talk to them about God's purpose. Help them to discover, fulfill God's purpose. Is that okay? Amen. So no matter what storms you go through in life, let me tell you what, if you know you're fulfilling God's purpose and until it's done, you will not be done. Paul was so confident because the angel of the Lord talked to him and the next day, Paul told them, hey, you know what guys, we will survive this. Everybody looked around, the storm was still raging and the ship was giving way. But you know what? Paul says, we will all survive. We will not die because he knew that God's purpose for my life is yet to be fulfilled. I will not die until I see Caesar. And sometimes when we go through the storms in our life, it, it, you know, we allow it to cause us to deviate, be distracted by it. And then we lose sight of that purpose. I tell your friends, even more so, you need to be more determined to fulfill that purpose, that God-given purpose in your life. And that will help you through your storm of your finances, the storm of your health, the storm of whatever that you're going through. Amen? Everybody say purpose again. Hallelujah. And the second anchor is the anchor of promise. Everybody say promise. In verse 25, it says this, so keep up your courage, man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as He told me. Amen? How many of you are glad that God is not a liar? Amen? If you read the Bible, if you do some research, or probably just go on Google, you will find that there are 7,487 promises from God to men in the Bible. Come on, repeat after me. 7,487 promises of God to men for your life. If you're going to find one by one, you might take 7,000 over days to find it. All right? but, but the thing is this. 7,487 promises from God to you. If every day you just have one promise, it will take 20 years for just one cycle of God's promises to complete. 20 years in your life for God's promises 
How many of you are under 20 years old? Come on, lift up your hands. Lift it up, or you're not sure. <laughs> 20, you are under 20 years old. That means just God's promises have not even gone one cycle for your life. How amazing that is. So what has God promised you? There are some that are more personal than others. So therefore, hold on to them. Memorize them, verbalize them, declare them. Because I know, just as what the Word of God says in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, not one word has failed of all good promises that God gave through His servant Moses. So every single thing that God has promised you, it will not fail. All the good promises over your life, it will not fail. Romans chapter 8, verse 20 to 21, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises or in God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in, his, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Friends, what God has promised you, He is able to fulfill it. The anchor of God's promise over your life. Firstly, the anchor of purpose. Secondly, the anchor of promise. What is that promise over your life? Some are more personal. I want you to write it down verbalize it, memorize it, declare it. If last week you were here, I told you about Jeremiah 29, 11, right? How that has become even to this very day, that promise that God, I hold on to God for my life. That no matter what I go through in life, no matter what difficulty, God, I thank you that your thoughts are toward me. The plans that you have for me are good plans that will give me a hope and a future. Even though this world may tell me there's a bleak future, but I thank you that in you is always bright. Amen? I hold on to that. I memorize it by heart. I believe it, not just having a knowledge of it, but believing. Because Abraham, he was fully convinced. He believed that God is able to do whatever he promises. So don't take lightly the promise of God over your life. What has God spoken to you in your storm right now? What is the promise of God's word over your storm right now? In the storm of your health, in the storm of your difficulties, in the storm of your relationships, in the storm of your finances, what has God spoken to you? Not what your cell group leader tells you, not what the pastor tells you, but what God has told you through his word. Amen? And the third point is this, the anchor of prayer. Everybody say prayer. Everybody say purpose. Everybody say promise. Everybody say prayer. Amen. In verse 29, fearing that we would be dashed against the rock, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. They prayed for daylight. Everybody say prayer. Many people underestimate the purpose and power of prayer. Prayer is crucial in carrying us through every storm in our lives. Remember this. It's quite amazing because they prayed for daylight. I was just thinking about it. They prayed for daylight. 
they prayed for daylight. They didn't pray for the storm to stop. They prayed for daylight. And thinking as it is, I come to the realization that through every storms of our lives is about knowing Him deeper, believing Him more, and giving us a different perspective of things in our lives. They prayed. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible says here, the peace of God. Everybody say, peace of God. Amen. This is God's kind of peace. It's not our peace. It's not our peace with God. We settle that when we ask Jesus into our lives, right? Our peace with God. But what here the Bible tells us is this, the peace of God. Amen? Not our peace, but God's peace. And God's kind of peace comes through prayer and thanksgiving. So God's peace, God's peace upon our lives comes upon us when we pray, when we come before Him in prayer. In other words, prayer gives us direct access to God's peace over our lives. I don't know about you, after being a Christian for 31 years, that's a long time. 31 years. How many of you below 31 years old? Wow. I'm being a Christian longer than you live, in that sense. 31 years. And God has taught me a lot concerning prayer. It's not just praying for the things that I want, but to really having the peace of God to go through the things that I'm going through. So I've learned along the way, when I go through any storm or any difficulty in life, not to pray that God just take this away from me, just you know, provide or just heal or whatever, but to come to a place, God, first and foremost, let your peace be in this storm right now in Jesus' name. And that helped me to understand the purpose of the storm, the understanding from a different perspective in the midst of that storm in my life. Amen? So why we get, always get disappointed? Because sometimes we pray and pray, pray, we want things the way that we want it. But I tell you, having God's peace is everything that we need. Not just that breakthrough. Yeah. Amen? So prayer. And the last point, fourth point, is praise. Everybody say praise. praise. Verse 35 says, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and 
began to eat. So Paul, after he told them, they know you all will not, you all will not die and stuff like that and everything, he gave thanks to God. All right? In front of all of them. Mind you, the storm was still raging. Can you imagine this? Prayed. And then he gave thanks. With the storm in the background. Friends, that's what it means to praise God in the midst of the storm of your life. A big part of thanksgiving is praising God in the storm that we are in. Praise God even when we are in a storm, not just after the storm. That's why keep praising Him, keep praising Him. Amen? And praise will help us to stay focused on God. Can you be thankful for your life? Even right now, no matter what storm that you're going through, you're still alive. And you can be thankful for that. You are still breathing. You still wake up this morning. Yes, you wake up to your mess, but you still wake up. You still woke up. That means there's still another day to fight. Thank God for His providence. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And God's will for you is to give thanks to Him. Amen? So when Paul says rejoice, and again I say rejoice, he's not a man who tells you a concept or knows a certain knowledge of things, but he believes because of all that he has been through. Praise. Purpose. Promise. Prayer. Praise. Purpose. Promise. Prayer. Praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Four anchors of our lives. And no matter what storm that you go through, remember this. God has a purpose for you you will not be done until you have fulfilled His purpose for your life. His purpose, not your purpose. Anchor of His promise, whatever that God, whatever that God has promised you, whatever that His word, His promise over your life, remember is yes and amen. If God has promised you, He is able to bring it to pass. But do you believe it? Don't just have a knowledge of it, but do you believe it? Do you believe it? And then prayer. Most important aspect of prayer is to have access to the peace of God. Not just one thing, what we need or what we want in our lives. It's not the financial breakthrough that's going to give you peace. It's not the healing that's going to give you peace. It's not that job that's going to give you peace. It's not that promotion that gives you peace. I've talked to some young, I mean some working adults, they tell me, wow, pastor, now I'm more stressed (laughs) after I get promoted. So it doesn't come with a job. You understand what I'm saying? I've talked to a lot of people who are rich and they're always worried. But all of us, we can access to the peace of God through prayer. 
not through your job status, not through your relationships, not through your money, not through your job, but through prayer. So that's why don't underestimate the purpose and the power of prayer. Friends, I want to tell you this. Every time when I pray for you, when I know someone has a need, when I pray for you, I always pray, God, let your peace fill that person's heart. That's first and foremost. Then only I pray for your needs. Because it's so important. When the storms of life is raging towards us, to be able to have that peace of God is so vital. I remember many years ago, I saw this painting in someone's house. And it was, uh, you know, a, 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 a painting of a very stormy sea. But yet, in the middle of the painting, there is a small boat that seems to be very calm. And that caught me thinking that, wow, isn't that what we want? In life, no matter how stormy it may be, that that small little boat is just being very calm. Friends, prayer will do that. Just give us access to the peace of God. And fourthly, to praise God. Amen. That praise Him in the storm. Praise Him before the storm. Praise Him in the storm. Praise Him after the storm. Praise Him all the time. Amen. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes our praise seems to be louder when we have, you know, got that breakthrough when we are in a storm. We are like, oh, you know. Hey, I tell you what. The thunder, the roarings of the storm may be loud, but our praise needs to be louder. Amen. Amen. It helps us focus on God knowing that He is God God thank you that I'm still alive Amen. thank you there's still breath in me yeah. like we sang that song let everything there's breath praise the Lord praise the Lord <laughs> you get what I mean friends not only in the good times but all the time Amen, Amen. and let me encourage you with this you will never go wrong by praising God. Amen. You will never go wrong by praising God. No matter how painful it is, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how terrible it is, you will never go wrong. Amen. You will go wrong when you stop praising God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So even things may be against you, the report is not good, the situation is getting worse. Praise God. Jehoshaphat, he praised God. You know, in the midst of an impossible battle, he praised God. And you know what happened? God delivered them. Given him that confidence. Hey, I am with you. Hey, you don't have to be afraid. It's just amazing that the angel of the Lord came to Paul and he said this to Paul. Do not be afraid. Remember Joshua? When he had to, when he took over from, from Moses and when he had to fight Jericho, God told him, do not be afraid. And that is 
something that's very crucial for each and every one of us do not be afraid the angel did not come and straight away told Paul the storm will stop but, but the angel said hey do not be afraid so in every of life's storms friends the peace of God do not be afraid do not be afraid do not be afraid because God is with us Amen I believe all of us we face true storms yeah maybe some of you you are in it right now maybe some of you you are in the you know you, you are just got out of it maybe some of you are you know uh, getting into it I don't know but remember the four anchors God's purpose for your life God's promise prayer and praise Amen so this morning this is what we're going to do I want all of us Amen we're going to we're going to worship God and we're going to declare Amen that the most important anchor in our lives is Jesus Christ Amen He's our ultimate anchor Hallelujah He's our ultimate anchor can we look to Jesus this morning Amen because He's the anchor of our lives He's everything Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. And as we sing this, I don't want you to just sing. I want you to declare it. Amen. Declare it in Jesus' name. Believe. And this is what God has for your life. And this is who God is for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray in the, in the spirit for a while. Friends, no matter what storms that you are in, come on, reach out to Jesus. Oh, He's the anchor that we need. Oh, He's all that we need. Oh, Come on, speak in your storm. Speak to your storm. Oh, God has a purpose for your life. Oh, His promise for your life. Oh, You can turn to Him in prayer. Oh, And in all this, we can praise Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Father, we pray this morning. Let nothing distract us from setting our eyes on you, to look to you, to focus on you. Because we know that God, that it is you and you alone, Jesus, you are our ultimate anchor. Amen. There's no one else can do it better than you. There's no healer that's better than you. There's no provider that's better than you. There's no deliverer that's better than you. Lord, you're worthy of all our praise. So Lord, in spite of pain, in spite of storms, or in spite Lord of difficulties, Lord, we choose to look to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, Lord, we declare whatever that's meant for evil or at our disadvantage will be turned to our good. Amen. Thank you, Lord, because of who you are. Lord God, you are able to turn it for our good. And so, Lord, we look to you. We thank you. Even right now, in the name of Jesus, everyone who's going through a storm, a difficulty in life, Lord, I pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding fill their hearts and their minds. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, with every eyes closed here in this place, I just want to quickly extend this invitation to those of you who have yet to know Jesus. You have not at all have asked Him to be your personal Lord and Savior. And this morning, where you are standing, you are wanting to say that. And you are saying, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. For the very first time, with every eyes closed here in this place, I want you at the count of three, just quickly lift up your right hand and put it down. And then we're going to pray and we're going to end the service. Is that okay? One, two, three. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Step up your hand, put it down. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. That God, that you are always with us. No matter what storms in our lives, you are always there with us. And Lord, with that, God, that we are assured in our hearts that Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Though we may not be able to fully understand, Lord, we thank you that God, that you know everything from the beginning. So Lord, we pray that God, that teach us to walk in your ways, to trust in you. Lord, to seek after your purpose for our lives and to fulfill it. Lord, to always hold on to your promise, your word and to come to you without any barriers because knowing, oh God, as your people, we have such a privilege to have access to you through prayer and also, oh God, that we will always, always learn to praise you in every season of our lives, in all seasons of our lives. So Lord, we thank you again be with us especially those that are going through a storm right now Lord let your anchor Lord be so ever firm and strong over their lives oh Father that they will hold on to you and nothing else thank you Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name and everyone say Amen 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 Hallelujah Amen turn your neighbor tell your neighbor Jesus is your anchor Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great week ahead of you. Amen. As we end the service today, let's declare the benediction. Now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And we'll see you guys again. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.